Samhain is a pagan festival celebrated from October 31st to November 1st to welcome in the harvest and usher in the dark half of the year. This festival has a lot of commonalities with other festivals we may be more familiar with, and it's my pleasure to welcome back Laura Welsh from Fehu Farm to better understand what Samhain is. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so Samhain is... Uh, the festival that marks, like you said, the dark part of the year starting, um, and it happens on October 31st overnight until the 1st of November. Um, and it's a Gaelic holiday that has been celebrated for thousands of years. Um, and the reason it's so significant is this time of the year is considered the time when the border between the world of the living and the world of the dead is the thinnest. So it's a time when people who are alive have an opportunity to sort of interact and reach out to that spirit realm. You mentioned Gaelic, and it's often referred to as Celtic. Is what? Do you know what the difference is between Gaelic and Celtic? You know, I'm not entirely sure. I think Celtic is sort of a broader term and covers a larger region, and Gaelic is specific to, like, Ireland. Um, and it's also a language, so right. I, there's that distinction there. But there's a lot of... Um, you know, I, Samhain traditions, I think, are practiced in, like, the general Celtic world as well um, as just Ireland. Um, and uh, a lot of the traditions that we think of as Halloween actually come from um, the Samhain traditions that were brought with Irish immigrants to the United States. Um, so things like dressing up in costume is one of the traditions because... Um, when the veil is thin and you want to welcome spirits, obviously you want to welcome friendly ones, but that doesn't mean that those are the only ones that come across. So dressing up to sort of scare away evil um, is the root of that uh, sort of like trick-or-treating Halloween dressing up um, tradition. And um, another tradition that's super important is sort of making an altar to those who have passed on um, and honoring them by either like putting out their favorite foods, putting out pictures, lighting candles. Um, there's a tradition called the dummy supper where you sort of set a table to invite guests who are not physically present anymore um, and just sort of like invite them to dinner and have your dinner along with these empty seats that, you know, on this time it's uh, believed that the spirits of our loved ones can sort of come back and visit with us. So the connections between Halloween and Dia de los Muertos are so obvious. And so it really shows that as in like a borderless world, things really aren't mm -hmm. so separate in belief systems and, and um, the evolution of migration and how, uh, you know, you think of Mexico and you think of Ireland and, okay, there's also influence from Spain. Really, we all have similar belief systems and come to this similar idea of like the changing of the year and ways of ritualing and, and thinking about our ancestors. What do you take mm -hmm. away from that? Um, yeah, I think that like this time of year, like why why would the veil be so thin and why are we perceiving that as humans? And it comes up in a bunch of cultures, I think, because we can see, I mean, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, um, this is the time where the light is decreasing, where the plants um, that aren't evergreen are all like either dying off or going into the ground for the season. So that connection to like this, the overall cycle of life is very powerful right now. So the darkness and the return to the earth, um, it just seems like the right time to be thinking about those who have passed on. And uh, there's a lot of like All Hallows Eve and All Saints Day are sort of Christian traditions that reflect that same sort of reverence of the dead. 
you know, and like All Saints Day, obviously it's specifically saints, but it's this idea that at this time of year when everything is sort of returning to the earth and quieter, like the living world is quieter, there's other voices and other influences that are able to permeate our awareness um, and taking time to make sure we like acknowledge that is super important. Right. That makes sense. You mentioned the costumes and I thought it was very interesting that when the veil is thinner, that people would dress as animals and monsters so that fairies were not tempted to kidnap them, thinking they were people and, and their family, and, and the family wants to take them to the afterlife, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and like actually carving pumpkins is part of that tradition too, sort of like a gargoyle almost, like creating something that's scary. Um, and in you know the British Isles, pumpkins wasn't weren't like a plant that was super common, but that's sort of like the blending of you know, the tradition coming to the United States is using these sort of indigenous gourds as part of the decoration and warding off of evil spirits. And that's why you put like the light inside of the lac- the jack-o'-lantern too, because the light is sort of scaring off like the, the negative energies. Hmm. So Samhain is considered the most significant of the four quarterly fire festivals in paganism. So firstly, what is a quarterly fire festival? And then secondly, why is it considered the most important? The fire festivals are mark the points that are halfway between the equinoxes and the solstices. Um, so the other, like the opposite of Samhain is Beltane, which is like the spring fire festival at the opposite side of the year. Samhain is the most important because the placement of these fire festivals relate to the shepherding cycle. So Beltane was when all of the like herd animals were brought out to pasture. Um, And then Samhain is the time of year where everything gets brought back in and shut down for the year. Um, And so the fire in Samhain comes from the term bonfire. It actually is like a shortening of bone fire because at this time of year, if you couldn't provide for all of the animals that you had out to pasture, the ones that you couldn't provide for over the winter were slaughtered for meat. And so the bones of those animals were burned in a sacred fire, which was the Samhain bone fire or bonfire. And so it was sort of like a ritual that was thanking the animals for their sacrifice. um, So you could survive for the winter and um, this sacred fire, like people would take, flames like on a candle or something and bring it back to their house and light their hearths with that fire and try and keep it going for as long as possible. So the reason that this particular festival is so significant is because of the connections to surviving through the winter and the connections to um, loved ones who have passed on because like having the opportunity to touch base with someone on the other side is, you know, obviously like a very impactful thing. Um, and something you need to take time out of regular life to achieve. What do you want people to understand about Samhain? And is there something in particular that you think is a really wonderful ritual that we should hold on to? I think one of the best things that we could t- like take as a tradition of Samhain going forward is um, trying to meditate on those things which are just slightly beyond our regular perception because I feel like we still celebrate this time of year you know even in modern culture as sort of like a special spiritual time Um, and we can feel that energy and I think like trying to actually make time 
to tap into that by finding quiet and dark and separate moments to just listen and try and connect with things that are not as obvious in our day-to-day life is really important. Um, And it's also a good time to sort of like seek wisdom or like seek guidance from the other side. And you can do that just, you know, like through like basic prayer, if you don't want to use any tools, but there's also, you know, divinatory tools that are super effective at this time of year. Like if you do tarot or if you read runes, you can kind of reach out like the spirit world is just closer. And you, I, I find that when I do magic or when I do sort of like divination work at this time of year, I get like the really good answers, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that there is still like trying to still make those connections with the ethereal and with the things that are just like, we know that they are real, but it's hard to remember that in just like life. Hmm. <laughs> And for those who maybe don't connect with this type of communication, just even thinking within yourself and maybe thinking about the wisdom of your ancestors might be a good path. Yeah, definitely. Because even if you, you know, like the um, the more sort of spiritual and magical side of it doesn't speak to you, um, just sort of like looking to your past and researching about where, where your roots are and stuff like that, it's just can be really fun and interesting way to just learn more about yourself. Laura Welsh, always a pleasure to have you on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Would you like to leave our listeners with anything that I forgot to ask about? Um, I think we covered most of the stuff, but if you are interested in learning more about witchcraft, you could check out our Instagram at fehu underscore farmstand um, or email us at fehufarmstand at gmail.com. And that's F-E-H-U. Thank you.